incredible opportunity we have. Gift that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives Klai Yisrael. Could be actually the greatest gift that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives Klai Yisrael throughout the year. And that's the, the, the gift of Elul. Elul is an incredible, special opportunity to prepare ourselves for Yom Adin. Boss of Adam has a trial. You can prepare for the trial, but you have no idea what the other side is going to bring, uh, what the prosecutor is going to bring, what the, if you're being sued, what the other side, what evidence they have. Here's very different. We know exactly the evidence that a coach broker has. We know exactly what the Kateger and what the Senegar is going to say. We know how we've been this year. And we know how to prepare ourselves. We know what we have to focus on, what we have to give special attention to. And that's an incredible gift that a coach broker gives clients from. A Rav once told me, a friend of mine who's a Rav in Muncie, told me, this goes back about five years ago, his, uh, his daughter lived, went to Israel after she got married and lived there for 11 years and lived in a place um, that was frequented by uh, missiles that are the Nashkalon. And uh, every time B'nai Yishmael acted up, Ashkelon was one of the first places that would get missiles and they would have to run into their bomb shelters. So he was... They came back after number 11 years, moved back to town, moved back to America. And they spent the first Shabbos in his home in Muncie. And he said Shabbos afternoon, he was taking a walk with his little five-year-old granddaughter. Delicious little granddaughter born and bred in Yushalayim, Kodesh. And when he walked, he was holding on to her hand. They were taking a walk. And all of a sudden, a siren began to... Uh, ring loudly. It was the fire department that was calling out the, the fire trucks to be able to come to a fire a neighboring in the neighboring uh, in the house in the neighborhood. And the sirens began to sound, and he, you know, paid no attention to it. And all of a sudden, he felt his hand, uh, his granddaughter gripped his gripped his hand, and she started crying quickly, saying, "Let's go quickly, quickly." We have to run. What do you mean we have to run? Where are we running? We're not firemen. We're not running to the fire. She said, don't you understand? When the siren comes, we have to run into a bomb shelter to, to save our lives. The bombs are going to be falling. We have to protect ourselves. And we have to run right away to the closest bomb shelter. He finally said it was incredible. Because this was Erev Rosh when this story happened. They told me that he spent years in yeshiva and tells and the mere Yushalayim and Brisk. And this was the most moving Elul of his life. That he was able to go into Elul with in a deeper understanding of what it means. Again, Nabi says that how is it possible that there should be a chauffeur in the town and that people don't tremble. We don't tremble. What's the idea of the chauffeur? The chauffeur is to, to cause us to tremble, cause us to start thinking a little bit deeper into our lives, into our way, our anhagos, and to prepare ourselves. But we're so used to it. We're so used to just 
that they're in our life day in and day out. And we hear the sirens of the fire trucks and it means nothing. It means nothing. This little girl reminded him how Yid is supposed to hear, how Yid is supposed to listen. When you listen to a sound of a chauffeur, it has to be Be'etzin, like you're going to war. Get ready for war, get ready for Mechama. The Roshiba from Hebron, David Cohen, so he asked a question on the Torah. The Torah brings down the minuk, where it comes from, in Hukas Rosh Hashanah, the minuk of Lohan Shofar, on the days before Rosh Hashanah, in the month of Elul. The Torah says, the Pasig in Amos, that says, as I quoted, we talk a Shofar Be'ir, that therefore, Shofar is supposed to mower us, and therefore, because to be able to where it comes from and what when did they start doing it? It's in Shir itself. But the turbine is down and ready this time. That was the minute. They blew shofar from Elo because it is Pusik. The Vakon says, I don't understand. Why is that the Pusik? Where is that the Minuk? It's not talking about Rosh Hashanah. It's not talking about Shuva. It's talking about Muhammad. It's talking about a war. That when the trumpets of, of war are sounded, how could your person not be afraid? How could you not be afraid? So what does that do with Rosh Hashanah? Why would this be the mockery? And I think that when I heard, and this rough told me this little story, how shaken up he was more than any other Elul of his entire life. That's the shot. The answer to David Cohn's question. Because we're preparing for Muhammad. We have to be shaken when we hear the Shkia Shofar. Shaken, if not emotionally, at least mentally. Prepare for Muhammad. Missiles are flying. We must go into a bomb shelter. We must go protect ourselves from the impending Yemayatin. That's the appreciation of what Elul is. When the famed Mashkia, Mira Mashkiyah, so Matala Glavraka, Ravkatsko Levenstein, was Nifter. You know, the last years of his life, he was the Mashkiyah in Panavish. And Ravshach, the Roshiva of Panavish, was Maspigin, an incredible Hesper. He was so broken up, he could barely speak. I remember when I went to one of my Kaveirim, Ravshach, I asked him a question. He was in a very talkative mood in a good mood, very friendly, very happy, as he always was. But this was a particular time that he was very, very, so I could talk, so I could talk to him. But I didn't ask him a shot in Abi Ezra. I asked him to tell me of all the Godom that he met. And he was already then in the mid eighties. He went lived in Europe. He was a Ben Bias Brabkaimizer. He was multiple times by the Chavetz Chaim and had private conversations with him. And many, many of the Godol that he'd seen in his life. I asked him which Godol stands out in his mind as someone that changed him. A little bit of a provocative question for the Zakin Hadar, but when you're young and you're not thinking clearly, you can ask anything. And he told me without a moment's notice. He didn't say the Briskarov, who you so close to. He said the Chavetz Chaim. Sarah Baron, Mrs. Alma Meltzer, his uncle, he said of Chatzko. 
Chatzko. Why Rav Chatzko? So he said, because he was the happiest person I ever met in my life. And when I was ever by him and I would see him, he filled me with Simcha. Now, I wasn't Zoka to see Rav Chatzko, but many, many people I know were, including many of his grandchildren that I'm very close to. And the last description I ever heard of Rav Chatzko Levenstein was that he exudes Simcha. There's a person that exuded incredible Yerushalayim. Amos Adin. He pictured his kever. Every day of his life, his kever was in front of him. He used to say, but Rav Shachsud, underneath the skin. He saw beneath the skin. If you need the other letter, he saw a person who was so masameach, so besimcha, because he perfected his midos, he perfected his avodas Hashem. In an incredible way. So, what would Rav Shach speak about? To a person that is Hesper, Levaya, that a person who was the greatest inspiration to him, his role model, he said the following. He said, his avoda, his entire life, was one Chaydish El. His entire year, his entire life, <clears throat> Entire adult life as a shtick chaydish What did he mean by that? Because he used to always quote in yeshiva, every shmuz and elul he would quote what he heard from the famed Talmud of Rabbi Yisrael Salanter, Ritzel Petterberg. And he would say, always, it's Petterberg would always say, he would say this when he spoke in front of Tkia Shoifer, and Kelman used to speak, the Machabit to speak before Tkia Shoifer. And he would say that anybody who doesn't take the opportunity to do tshuva at this time of the year is committing the worst sin that a human being could, could possibly do in this world. To take advantage of the, of the moment. And it's a Petterberg give a marshal that, that the Mashkirah used to say over. He said in Russia, there was a tremendous amount of snow all the time. From, most of the year was snow on the ground. And so that people wouldn't trip and fall, the way they had it was every storekeeper would have to clear the snow in front of his store. And if he would not, the policeman, the Russian policeman would come by. And if they would catch you with snow on the ground, not only would you receive a knas, but you receive a good zets with the, uh, the stick of the... Uh, the stick of the of the policeman. So what did they do? Did they spend all that time shoveling snow? No. But the Petrobras said over that they used to do, they used to have like a code word. And the word would come to the storekeeper that one of the inspectors, the police inspectors, is around the corner. So quickly come in, would have a shovel in the store, quickly run outside and start shoveling the snow. Policeman would turn the corner, see that he's shoveling, he would go weiter, leave him alone. Ashkenef used to explain, this is Elul. The whole year, the Kaddish wants us to prepare ourselves, prepare ourselves, the Mayadin, to be fashrif for myself, to each day thing, make it feshman anefesh. Did we do something wrong? Did we hurt somebody? We don't think about these things. 
We will accept tomorrow. We will accept tomorrow. Share with you a personal, a very personal note. Didn't plan on saying it, but a while ago, COVID came, I was very, very sick. And in the day before that I was intubated in the hospital, I didn't know what was going to be. They told me that the oxygen level was very low and they didn't, didn't know what was going to be. If it goes any lower, I'm in serious trouble. And your mind begins to, you don't think about all the vacations you didn't take. You don't think about all the activities that you could have done. You didn't think about all the thing in your bucket list that you still didn't accomplish. I started thinking about, is there anybody that I owe money to? Is there anybody that the name to me that I'm holding grudges against? Is there anybody that possibly holds a grudge against me? What am I supposed to do away from the hospital bed? That gave me no peace. I made a mental list to be mindful of everybody that owes me anything. And be mindful of anybody that may have done anything to me. But I realized I couldn't ask Mechila from people that I may have hurt. It's too late. That was the most trouble, troublesome thing that I was going through. Abishta gave me an opportunity, which I'm incredibly grateful to, for many reasons and many things. But one of them that I was able to, when I came home, was able to get hold of myself. I, was, I reached out to two people from my youth that I haven't spoken to in decades that I thought maybe had a, had a time against me. I called them to ask for Mechila. Hashem, I didn't need Mechila. They didn't know what I was talking about, but they were me anyway. But it was an opportunity. Abishta gave me another opportunity. Also, we don't get another opportunity. Hello is that opportunity. When we wait, because Rachel waits all year, comes Hello, the inspector's coming to see if we have snow on the ground. And someone gives us a whisper, a holler, he's around the corner. Take a shovel. What's the point? It's too late. Never too late. The last minute, take a shovel and start. Even if he sees that you start moving a little snow, he'll let you go and go further. This is the Zman of Yimei Adin. Yimei Adin means that we begin to focus on Avodos Hayom, on Chesh Ben Nefesh. And now's the time. Now's the time. The last moment before the inspector turns the corner, we have to do what we have to do. Elo is a time that our Abidolm understood what Elo is. They used to always say that <clears throat> Yeshiva, all those who are to learning Yeshiva, and unlike Rishwinder who never left the base Madrish, those who leave the base Madrish, you know, you, it takes a long time to adjust to life. You miss so many things in the being in a yeshiva environment. And the Yom Tovim and the Shabbosim and everything else. But I always try to match, mirror, <clears throat> catch a glimpse of the yeshiva. I remember I had Yubal Tfilu who was dominating him and I opened the shul, my first shul. I asked him to, to train, call 
the Rebbe and the Yeshiva, Rabbi Hakman used to dive in the Yeshiva, I was used to for so many years. It was such a beautiful Baal to listen, call him up and get some Naguna from him. So I could feel maybe I'm back in the Yeshiva. Simchas was the same Naguna we sang in the Yeshiva. But Elo was never able to capture. Never able to capture what Elo means outside the coast of the base But David just doesn't differentiate. It doesn't say excluding those who are outside the base Medish and Elul, who are no longer in Yeshiva. Elul is for everybody, every year. Sayyid Yisrael Salanta used to say, one of his Tamidim once said over that, came over to Maritia and wanted to make sure that Yisrael was feeling okay. That maybe you should quickly get something to eat or drink. We saw Salanta give a cracks. As Thomas says, Rebbe, what's the matter? He said, Oi, is Kimson an L? Oh boy, another L is coming. Matsay Yom Kippur, another L is coming. Understood what the abode of L is, how serious it is, how much significant it is, how special it is. You know, there's a famous Kasha. It's asked by many of the Dashanim. We know that we have, we have Fun Sukkis, Shlosh Regalim. We're in the mitzvah of the Regal, Shizoko Hashem Sukkis, Akabi in Yushalayim. We got mitzvah of the Regalists to go, Liros, may I don't, to go be with Akadosh Baruch. Begs the question. Rosh Hashanah, there's no mitzvah of the Regal. There is no other day of the year that is as significant as a day of being close to Hashem, Yeshua Hashem, Imatzo, then Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. Why isn't there mitzvah regal there? Why only Sukkot's Pesach controls? Shouldn't we go to Yushalayim on the days that's the, that the essence of the day is becoming close to HaKadosh Baruch so Mashkiach from Torah Das, Wolfson writes in one of his Mamarim, which is a beautiful Mashab. He says, No. He says, Badafka and Rashem Kippur, it's not, he's no Mitzvah Rebbe. Because on Sukkot's Pesach and Shuas, to find the Kaddish Baruch Hu, you have to go to Yushalayim, Liros Prayada. Rashem Kippur, Dishu Hashem Mimatzo, Kaddish Baruch Hu comes to you. He's in every shul, he's in every home, and he's in every heart. He said, that's why it comes the base of the minuk, that when the chazan starts Amalek, he doesn't go to start from the shulkan, from the Amalek. He says Amalek from wherever he is. What's the reason for that? Because you don't have to go to the Baal, to go to the Mokum where the Baal is. Where you are, you could proclaim Amalek. No need for the mitzvah l'regel. We're close to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Understand every single thing that we do has it ramifications and repercussions. You know, there's a everybody knows, and Rashi brings down, and everybody explains and shine him why Moshe Rabbeinu's name is not written in Pashat Tzadik. Because he's, we all know the reason, he said, and so the words of a tzaddik should be mekuyim. 
So therefore, it had to be a passion to sell. The Balturim, the Chaskuli says something different. It says an incredible thing. That when Moshe Rabbeinu stood by the Sneh, and Akash told him to go, to be the God of Israel, Moshe Rabbeinu refused. The Pasuk says that Akash Baruch got angry. Akadosh Baruch Hu got angry. The anger of Akadosh Baruch Hu was real. Got angry at Moshe. Rishonim asked. Got angry. We know when there's Haronaf, there's ramifications, there's repercussions. Where were the ramifications? What, what happened? What happened to Moshe? Where was the punishment? Some of the Rishonim say, Al-Turim and others, that Moshe Rabbeinu was supposed to get the guna. And because he said this to HaKadosh Baruch HaKadosh Baruch got angry, Nela Mimenu was taken away the guna from him. That's why he's not written in Pasha Tetzav. His name is not mentioned. Because Pasha Tetzav is the Pasha of the big day guna. When Aaron was given the tzivui of making and wearing the big day guna. And Moshe Rabbeinu was, would have been his. And not to hurt the sensitivity to Moshe Rabbeinu, that he would have to give the tzivui, his name should be mentioned in the parsha, to give the tzivui of something that was taken away from him. Punishment. That's why his name is not mentioned in Bashar Tzavah. The ramifications of Moshe Rabbeinu. Torah says he got angry at Moshe. There had to be something. Moshe, Moshe, the opportunity. Moshe had, he would have not, on his level of dakidakas, not complained to Akadosh Baruch Hu. It would have been anger. Moshe Rabbeinu would have been zeka to where the big dekuhuna left my Lost opportunities is something that we have to think about, particularly in Chodesh Shapiro, had the exact same Russia Shmuz every year by Nilo. The same story, the same vart, year after year for decades. What was the vart? He cried. And he had karata of something he did when he was a small child, a lost opportunity. His father was the Avbezdin. And he was a small child and he was playing like all small children outside with the boys playing, running around. His father came outside in the middle of the day when the Bezdin was, was, was functioning, Bezdin was operating, which was something that never happened before. His father came around looking for him and said, please come with me. A special guest just came into the Bezdin. I want you to come in. I want to get you a bracha from the Heliga Chafetzchayim. His father left. And as small children often do, turned around and ran back to play. I don't know if he was playing football, basketball, hockey. He ran back to his friends. 
And when he finally went and later, the Chavazkayim already had left. He lamented and he cried of his lost opportunity every year by Ne'ilah. If only Zahisi to go in, I could have had a bracha. I could have looked upon the holy face of the Chavetz Chaim. Who knows what I could have become had I been able to gaze upon the Sabakatisha's face, the Elika Chavetz Chaim. What a lost opportunity. And he cried every year for this. And what's the message? The message is, is that we're kindalach. We're, we're still we're playing also. We're not playing football or basketball. We're not climbing on the monkey bars. We're not running around playing tag. But we're playing anyway. We're playing with life and life's challenges and the activities of life that we let opportunities go by. Hello is too important an opportunity to let go by. But who is Elul for? There is an incredible statement that the Chazonish said that became famous only because his Heliger brother-in-law, the stipler, shared it with Claudius. There was a bacher that was read to the daughter of the stipler and the, was, became her husband in one of the daily Israel. And the message that came to the stipler, this boy is a tremendous masmid, and he's a Yori Shemayim. The shidduch was mentioned, but the stipler didn't know what to do. He went to his brother with the Chazonish, the Godelato. He said, a masmid, I could verify. He's in the base manager shoulder. But how do I verify that he's a Yeri Shemayim? How do I know? The Chazonis looked at him and said, in today's generation, a Yeri Shemayim means only one thing. That person believes that everything is destined on Rosh Hashanah. A person in our door who believes that everything that happens to him or to her throughout the year is all decreed on Rosh Hashanah. Such a person is Nikra is a Yerushalayim. If this Bachar believes in that, then he's Yerushalayim and take him first on a wall. And he did. So I just lived this. I heard from a Marachai Man, El Yoman, whose father was the Gabbai, the right hand of the Chazonish, told me that and usually it was known that the Chazonish with the Mnei Brak a dry climate and there were flies and mosquitoes. And usually you never bothered the Chazonish. Never had mosquitoes or flies around him. He was learning Yom Malayim. And one time he was sitting and learning and there was a fly that was buzzing around and bothering him. And he tried to swat it away, move it away. He kept on coming back. Finally, Gabbai saw that the Chazonish was being bothered by this and it wasn't going away. So he decided to step in and he came in with a fly swap to try to swap it away. And the Chazonis looked up his eyes from the safer and he says, Lose this away. leave it alone. It's a Rosh Hashanah fly. A Rosh Hashanah fly. What does that mean? His birthday was Rosh Hashanah? He likes honey? What does that mean, Rosh Hashanah fly? 
And what it meant is, the Chazonish meant that this fact that it was bothering him was the creed on Rosh Hashanah. So don't bother swapping it away because it's decreed to be here. And it will be here for as long as the Abish did decree that it should be here. And our Gedolim lived this with this understanding of everything of their life. I came in once to the house of Rav Chaim Kanievsky around Saratayra. You know, not the time I don't even want to start talking about Rav Chaim because we'll be here till, till after El. But it was so troubling to me. I, I speak up in the country in the mountains to a very large group of women in a few colonies together. And last year was a very difficult year in Chai Yisrael. Mayron, with the building collapse in Florida, Vahena, Vahena, tragedy after tragedy. And I got up to speak, it was for it was Elul and Rosh Hashanah. I said, a difficult year, we really need to, Kashbaruch, daven for a better year. So when I got I'm coming to speak this year, who comes over to me? So I remember what you said last year, he said, Baruch Hashem, this year was a much better year. And I looked at her. And I was just, so I, I had completely going to speak about something else completely. But I was, I was literally not often because it happened. I could tell you that I'm a loss for words. I got up and I changed up what I was going to say. And I said, I didn't quote, quote her. I said, you know, I spoke last year about a difficult year. And I said, someone made a comment that this year wasn't a difficult year. I said, I'm not going to speak about all the terrible things that happened this year. But one thing I will say. We lost Maran Sarah Torah. And that Ghazal say, Misa Sadikim, a person that the entire generation relied upon. Of Gershon Edelstein, who was old, Yabad Lechaim told him, was older than Rabchaim. When he heard Rabchaim, he says, Oi, they, how are we going to go through? How are we going to live without Rabchaim? Everyone relied on Reb Chaim. This year, with that terrible loss itself, may have been the worst year in 50 years, maybe since the show. We had many good daily soul, unfortunately, who passed away over the years. But someone who was such a loved figure in Kuala Yisrael from every person, man, women and child who saw and gave brokers to more Yidin than any Hasidic Rebbe in a hundred years. In a devastating loss. So came in once to Kayan, and when I was there, his son was applying a wet towel with ice on his leg. I said, hey, what happened? So his son tells me, that Rav Chaim tripped and fell. He bruised up his leg. So they were, well, were putting things on it to relieve the pressure. And he says, so I said, okay, terrible, I'm sorry. But no, no, no. They didn't have to tell me the news of Rav Chaim. That's not important. You know, my father said, 
I said to him, say, Tata, I picked him up from the floor. What happened? Meaning, how did you fall? He says, what happened? What happened was, Abish was close on me and Rosh Hashanah to fall. In fact, if he tripped or he fell or something was on the floor, that was not the fact. Why did you fall? Fall because this is what happened on Rosh Hashanah. This is what the Abishta was going to say. Understand that everything happens, it's for this year. It's, it, it's, it's what will take place. And El is the opportunity that we have to prepare ourselves for this humanity. A lot to say about El. Atosabotka used to say that truth is not only of making yourself better, it's by making yourself different. Sometimes it's not about improving. It's about doing something a little different. That itself may be better. But something we do, hell is the opportunity as the Abish is around the corner, hoping, hoping that we're going to be found with a shovel trying to take some snow away. We don't even have to clear the ground. Just start shoveling. Just start shoveling. The author of Kemi used, used to say all the time in his speech, he would say, with great tears and great emotion, he would say that the worst possible gazera that could happen to us this year over this yomtiv is that it will be exactly the same after yomtiv that we were before yomtiv. If we started Elo in the exact same way, if we have, excuse me, we end the Elo in the exact same way that we started the Shredish Elo, with this incredible, blessed opportunity the Abish gave us, there's no worse gazera than that. You know, maybe I shouldn't say over where I heard this from, but uh, on this, on this uh, Zoom share, which may be a month me, but I was invited for COVID the year before to attend the Chabad Shluchim conference. And one of the people there, Lord about Shuva, someone that a businessman who changed his entire life and became about Shuva, a billionaire, one of the wealthiest people in the United States. And he spoke very briefly, and I was so taken with something that he said, a story that he said. And he sort of explained his journey. He said as follows He said that he had read a book once, a biography of Sir. Sir Sir Edmund Hillary. Sir Edmund Hillary was the first person to reach the apex of Mount Everest, to reach the top. For years and hundreds of years, it was always believed that no human being would be able to scale to the top. And he said he was going to do it. He prepared for three years and he began to go. He went and he went and he went further than anybody else ever went that was recorded. But three quarters of the way up, he had to stop. It was too dangerous. It was too cold. Winds were howling. He realized he was not going to make it. So he came back down. When he came back down, they made a 
and this tremendous dinner banquet for him in England, attended by all the dignitaries. Because he went that far. Nobody went that far but him. And they made a whole presentation, called him up to the dais, and had a screen, big picture of Mount Everest, how foreboding and how incredibly frightening to see that this incredible mountain. And he got up to the podium and he really couldn't understand why they were making a big deal about him when he didn't reach the top. And he turned and he stared at the picture of the mountain, huge picture behind him for several minutes. He turned back to the mic to face the audience and he said as follows. He says, mountain, mountain. In the first battle of Mount Everest versus Sir Hillary, you won. But I will come again and again. And I will conquer you. And you know why I will conquer you? Because as a mountain, you cannot grow. But as a human, I can. And this person heard this. And we don't even know what the Abish sense. This inspired him. Inspired him. I'm a human being. Have I grown? How can I grow? Did I grow? He started looking into himself, Hezra Nefesh. He became a Shermator. We're not going to scale Mount Everest. We're not even required to clean off all the snow on our doorstep. But as a human being, we can grow. And as Alta said, we can't be the same by Nila as we were when we started It's a month of opportunity. It's a month of responsibility to take and grab that opportunity. And that's what Ella is all about. The Gedolim saw it, the Gedolim understood it, the Gedolim lived it. We're not expected, like Rabchatzko, that the Gansi Yar is an Elul. But Elul, stop saying Elul. That's our responsibility. And I hope as together, every year, because we are living in such difficult times. I have to end, but I just close with a statement. There is not anything that happens in this world that's not Ashkata Savari. And it doesn't take a Navi or even a Chacha, both which I'm not, to feel in my bones that this entire thing that the Abishta gave a gift to Klai Yisrael, knowing that we're having a difficult time getting into the mood of El, through all the distractions. So the Avishta made it that at this time, after 96 years of relatively good health, the Queen of England should die. So that will, that will be just given in front of our eyes for weeks. Every time you listen to the news, you open a paper, Wherever you go, king, king, queen, palaces, the majesty, the majestic beauty of Malchus, the gifts of Makadosh Baruch Hu, to anyone who wants to open their eyes, to realize that Makadosh Baruch Hu is helping us focus on 
not the Melakos of Adam, but the ultimate Melech, Melech Matiyam, Melech Matiyam, Baruch Hu, that we will be sitting, we call out, in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, recognizing Malchus, Hashem Melech, Hashem Yimloch, Hashem Yolam we'll feel it maybe a little deeper, a little bit more vivid, a little more real. Just another gift that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us, to grab the opportunity of Elul, that we will be Zohar to grab it, Make the El rest El we can. We soak every single one. Ashayashna Paul, Ashayashna Paul,